0: The title of this morning's lesson is In the Fire, and it comes from the book of Daniel chapter 3 and 2 Samuel chapter 9. So what does in the fire mean? It is a phrase used to describe the life of a person whose love for God, their trust in God, and their obedience to God are seen by their involvement in the life of someone else often changing that person's life forever. This involvement might be unintentional or intentional. An example of in the fire that is unintentional is that of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In Daniel chapter 3, these three men were Jews who refused to bow down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon had erected. Because of their refusal, they were thrown into a fiery furnace. God delivered them from the furnace. Their love of God, their trust in God, and their obedience to God changed the life of King Nebuchadnezzar. In Daniel 3 and verses 20 and 29, we read these words of King Nebuchadnezzar. That's Daniel 3, 28, and 29. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not intentionally seek to change the life of the king of Babylon but they did. This morning we will concentrate on the intentional example of in the fire. We find a wonderful version of this in 2 Samuel chapter 9. This is the story of King David and Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth was the son of Jonathan and the grandson of Saul. When his father and grandfather were slain at Goboa, he was an infant of five years of age, living under the care of his nurse. When the news of this disaster reached the royal household, the nurse fled, carrying the child upon her shoulder. In her haste, she let him fall. And Mephibosheth was crippled for life in both his feet. After the accident, he found refuge in the house of Makur, a Gadite sheik at Lodabar, by whom he was raised. Mephibosheth was living there when David, having conquered his enemies, endeavored to fulfill his oath to Jonathan that he had made to him at the stone Izel, that he would not cut off his kindness from Jonathan's house Forever, And so that brings us to 2 Samuel chapter 9 in the Old Testament, verses 3 through 13. So if you'll be turning there, 2 Samuel 9 and 3 through 13. You don't know how many times I had to practice that guy's name. Then the king said, Is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, There is still the son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. So the king said to him, Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, Indeed, he is in the house of Merkur, the son of Emil in Lodebar." Then King David sent and brought him out of the house of Makur, the son of Emil, from Lodabar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face and prostrated himself. Then David said, Mephibosheth? And he answered, Here is your servant. So David said to him, Do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness. For Jonathan, your father's sake and will restore to you the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. Then he bowed himself and said, What is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? And the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given to your master's son all that belonged to Saul and to all his house. You, therefore, and your sons and your servants shall work the land for him, and you shall bring in the harvest, that your master's son may have food to eat. But, Meshebosheth, your master's son shall eat bread at my table always. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, According to all that my lord the king has commanded his servant, so will your servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah, and all who dwelt in the house of Zebra were servants of Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he ate continually at the king's table, and he was lame in both his feet. Did you notice in verse 3, the words, kindness of God. There is no way that you can show the kindness of God in the life of someone and not have an effect on them. It's just not possible. So how do you, as a 21st century Christian, get in the fire and stay there? Here are three steps. Step one, choose someone in your life who needs you. This person should not be a dear friend, a loving family member, or your spouse. Oh no, that would be too easy. This person might be the unlovely, the ungodly, or a backslider. Perhaps someone where you work or go to school. It might be a neighbor or a member of the church body. It could be someone that no one likes or who is very difficult to get along with. Imagine that. Are you as a child of God going to allow someone's bad behavior or their lack of social graces to keep you from showing them the godly love and kindness that you know they desperately need in their life? Our Lord and Savior laid down the rules for us concerning our behavior towards others who are not good, not nice, and not lovely. Some of these might even be considered an enemy. According to Luke chapter 6 and verses 30 through 36, this is how we are to be. So that's Luke 6, 30 through 36. Give to everyone who asks of you, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also to do to them likewise but if you love those who love you what credit is that to you ?For even sinners love those who love them and if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you ?For even sinners do the same and if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back But love your enemies, do good, and lend hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to who? The unthankful and the evil. Therefore, be merciful, just as your father is also merciful. Step two, make time for this person. Rid your schedule of unimportant and unnecessary distractions. You will never understand a person and their needs unless you spend time with them. It takes personal sacrifice and commitment to be in the fire. In most cases, the person's needs will be twofold. They will be spiritual and either physical, social, or financial. Some people will have three of these needs, and in rare cases, all four. The spiritual need will always be the greatest need. However, it usually will not be the most immediate. In order to bring someone to Christ, they have to believe you actually care about them in a personal way. You will have to meet one of their other needs first in order to win their trust. What does James have to say concerning this. In James chapter 2 and verses 15 through 17, James says, If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace. Be warmed and filled. But you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not, have works is dead. Although James may be focused on Christians in this passage when he uses the words brother and sister in verse 15, our obligation to assist the needy is not limited to those who are members of the church. Paul wrote to the churches of Galatia and instructed them, therefore as we have opportunity Let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Galatians 6.10. Benevolence is God in action. Step three, see it through. There will be times when you feel like giving up. You feel like you are getting nowhere fast. Keep going. Stay in the fire. This service takes commitment. No one said that serving the Lord would be easy, but... It will be rewarding. Let us remember the words of the Apostle Paul to the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20 and verses 34 and 35. Paul wrote, Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who were with me. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said it is more blessed to give than to receive and let us not forget the words of our Lord and Savior in Matthew chapter 25 25 verses 31 through 40 one of the most wonderful passages in scripture when the son of man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another as your shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, And you gave me food. I was thirsty. And you gave me drink. I was a stranger. And you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison. And you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying. Lord when did we see you hungry. And feed you or thirsty. And give you drink. When did we see you a stranger. And take you in. Or naked and clothed you? Or when did we see you sick? Or in prison? And come to you? And the king will answer. And say to them. Assuredly. I say to you. Inasmuch as you did it. To one of the least of these my brethren. You did it to me. There will come a day. When you will realize. That you have done all you can. For this person. Either you have met their need and the need no longer exists or you have done all you can and it's time to move on to the next person sometimes sadly no matter what you do the situation will remain unchanged even when that happens remember you have made a difference your relationship with that person is special of course you hope and pray that ultimately they will be immersed if they are not a child of God. This relationship would have never happened if you were not a Christian, if you were not serving, if you did not trust God, if you did not obey Him, and if you did not love Him. The truest test of one's Christianity is not what you say to those who are in need. It is what you do to help meet their needs. So what are you waiting for? Get in the fire. Serving provides the greatest self-fulfillment. Besides that, you please almighty God who is glorified by the good works that you do. We end our lesson this morning with the words of our Lord from Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16 let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And now we offer an invitation. If you are here this morning and you're not a child of God, you have never been baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, we ask you, what are you waiting for? We are here ready to assist you We are here ready to immerse you in the watery grave of baptism for the forgiveness of your sins. We are here for you. You may be a brother and sister in Christ and you're here today and you have a burden on your heart. There is something that is in your life and you need us to pray for you. You need us to support you in some way. Whatever your need is this morning, let us know what that is. Together we stand and sing our hymn of invitation. Thank mm-hmm. you.